0: Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career, and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology. Because we can! So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Hi, everybody. Hey, uh, I was talking with another, with a chief audit executive, um, actually earlier today, and one of the terms that came up was trusted advisor. Okay, trusted advisor. Now, one of the aspirations that internal audit has is that it is a trusted advisor to the business. But as I was thinking about that and have contemplated on that a little bit uh, after the discussion, I wanted to talk about that and actually pose the question, are you actually a trusted advisor? And to go through and talk about that, I'm gonna split apart that term, trusted and advisor. And let's talk a little bit about both of those. Now this happens to be one of those areas where it's, it's kind of an aspiration of internal audit. We want to be seen as a trusted advisor, but I think sometimes we don't think about what, it, what that really means, okay, and what we have to do in order to actually be a trusted advisor. So let's first start talking about the word trust. Now, as auditors, we tend to be skeptical, you know, uh, if you go back to, uh, the old Ronald Reagan, Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, discussion, you know, where, um, (laughs) the, the two of them were talking at a press conference and Ronald Reagan actually said, trust, but verify, right? I trust you, but we're going to verify. And so a lot of auditors take that uh, kind of to heart. Well, I'll trust you after I validate or, or check that I can actually trust you. The problem is that's not the way trust actually works. Okay. In order to be trusted, you have to trust. And I know sometimes this goes a little contrary, Um, You know, as as you're thinking about this, some of you are going, well, hold it just a minute. This doesn't, how can I trust somebody until I actually verify that what they have done is trustworthy? Okay. Um, But like I said, that's not the way the trust actually works. So it it doesn't mean that, that, that we're giving up our objectivity or making any sort of a conclusion to begin with. But if you go into an audit in kind of an adversarial role, meaning I think you're committing fraud or I think that what you're doing is not necessarily correct, the other person is going to feel that. And they're gonna know and they're gonna feel like you don't trust them, so why should they trust you, okay? The other thing is sometimes as auditors we do things that are not trustworthy. Okay. If, uh, if we go against any of our, any of the things that we say, uh, then it means again, that the audit client won't trust us. So if we don't keep all of the commitments that we have made to them or that we say to them, uh, then, then again, they may question and, and, and really kind of wonder if they can actually trust us as well. So the way to trust people is, um, <laughs> you actually have to give them the benefit of the doubt to begin with, right? And go into the engagements in thinking, you know what? 90, 95% of the people in your organization are doing the best that they can. They're doing the best that they know how to do, and sometimes they're gonna make some mistakes. We're all human, and sometimes we make some mistakes. But if you go into it with a different kind of an attitude and more of a partnership, type of, a, of an attitude, uh, that's going to allow or start that trust building. Okay, and then think about it uh, in terms of a concept called the emotional bank account. If, uh, if you haven't heard of that before, it's, it's a concept in relationships where you do things for the other person that effectively create deposits into your emotional bank account with that other individual. So if I tell you I'm grateful for something, if, I, if something that you have done, that would add a deposit to our relationship. If I do things that I know you like, that would also add things to that emotional bank account. Now, if I do some things that you don't like, right, like I forget to put down the toilet seat or uh, <laughs> you know, other crazy things like that, that is a withdrawal, from that emotional bank account. And so in order to develop trust over time, you have to make deposits in the relationship with the other person. Which means, you know, if, if the audit client is doing something that is great, or things are working well, you need to give them credit for that. You need to show them that you appreciate that, you need to express that in your audit reports and to other people, so that they get an attaboy, if you will, uh, and, and that's going to, again, develop that relationship and make it easier for them to trust you. Okay, so that's, that's one way to do it. Another one is that you're actually providing value to them. And so the only way that we, can, that we can truly provide value to someone else is to actually know what they value. And so, again, sometimes, you know, it may be a little bit difficult to do some of that. Um, in in the audit, depending on what the scope of the audit is, uh, but again, if we think about this from a partnership kind of perspective, we're there to help management achieve their objectives. And so again, in, in trying to figure out, providing value to them is helping them to achieve those objectives. And not showing up with a laundry list of things uh, you know, that, that we think they need to correct or that they need to do, different. Okay. Uh, Because again, the purpose of the audit is not necessarily to catch people doing the wrong thing, uh, but to help make sure that they're on track to meet their objectives. So we have to be a little bit trusting. uh, But again, that doesn't mean that you're going to change your conclusions or anything like that, because we're, we're using or doing our our opinions based on the evidence that we've collected. And if we have to, we deliver uh, that tough message to them but going into an audit with the right attitude uh, is going to help. Because like I said, that client is going to uh, sense that you don't trust them and that's going to have them really kind of put up this wall uh, in front of them as well. So that's the trusted side, right? So you have to think about, do they actually trust me? Uh, And, and so again, if you've developed the relationship Uh, over time, if you've actually provided things that do provide them with value. Uh, And and like I said, so those recommendations that you're gonna be providing actually better provide some value to them. Don't just give them a recommendation just because you have to have a recommendation. And and you might think that would never happen, uh, but in my own experience, um, this story came into my mind today too. I actually worked with a person one time And I remember I went out on an audit, I was a senior, and this person was the manager, and I was told in no uncertain terms that I was to come back with a minimum of seven recommendations. Okay, this person just arbitrarily decided that seven was the right number, and so they were expecting me to come back with seven recommendations. That's not how it should work, okay? So that's the trust word. Now let's talk a little bit about the word advisor. Now I know in the definition of internal auditing we talk about that it is an assurance and consulting activity, okay? And so those those two are are different. But the word advisor is not the same as the word consulting. And so one of the things that I would like you to start thinking about is if you wanna be a trusted advisor, you need to provide advice. Consulting has the meaning that you're actually rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. Advising is more like coaching, okay? And coaching is not the same as consulting. Coaching, you are providing insight to the other person, Uh, you're asking the right questions, but you're also not telling them how to run the business. And this is another fine line that sometimes auditors cross. Your job is never to tell them how to run the business. Okay, because that's first off, not your job. Second off, you are probably not qualified to tell them how to run that part of the business because if that was the case, you'd be the manager instead of them, okay? They have lots of years of experience, but they, they don't see everything. Okay, and this, this comes to a, a matter of perspective. And one of the ways that we can provide that insight is we're not involved in the day-to-day operations. And so sometimes someone coming in from the outside who is objective, who is not in the day-to-day things, can actually coach someone and ask the right questions so that you can highlight the things that need to change. Now, there, there's this concept called white noise. And uh, most of the time when you're in the details, you end up starting to block out certain things. You, you just literally do not even see them uh, that, are, that are going on around you because you see them all the time. And so they become a part of the norm. And as a result, like I said, you don't actually notice it. So that's why having someone come in from the outside like an internal auditor who is objective and can provide some of that insight and ask the right questions, then you can ask questions like, well, you know, why, why is this happening? Or I'm, I'm curious as to why, uh, you know, is this thing sitting over here? It, it looks like it's out of place. Does, is it out of place? Um, and, and actually having some of those kind of questions uh, is, is much more in line with being an advisor. So, you know, again, just, just some quick thoughts today on being a trusted advisor and to have you actually think, are you trusted and are you actually providing advice because you can only be a trusted advisor if you're doing both of those things. Now I believe that we should be trusted advisors And we should be doing those things to help help the organization. Uh, And again, that means being a part of the team and actually doing what is best for the organization uh, because ultimately we're all on the same team. We're all trying to help the organization meet its objectives. So go out and be a trusted advisor. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.